So I just got my Spotify um, anchor wrapped or whatever, where they give you the statistics of what you listen to and then the statistics of you know what you created if you have a podcast. I listened to the song Nostalgia by Pusha T 187 times, apparently. I guess I really, really like that song. And this podcast, me talking, and all of you lovely, beautiful people listening, is in the top 15% of all podcasts on Spotify shared internationally. So there you have it. Thanks to you, my 12 listeners, somehow we climbed the ranks of being in the top 15%, which is, I get it, which is not that much because like I see the OnlyFans people, I'm top, top point zero zero one of OnlyFans. Like, shit, 15% is really not that good. Maybe I should start an OnlyFans again and see how that does. It's going to have to come with a magnifying glass. <laughs> anyway, speaking about ass kicking, today was an interesting day for me and the restaurant because we got our asses kicked. Yay! It was a Sunday um, uh, in the season, during season. And what season is is when the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree goes up. When it goes up, it's like a little hiccup. We get a little bump of people. You know, it goes from like 200 a day to 400 a day to 600 a day within a couple of days. And then when that tree gets lit, it goes from 600 a day to 1,200 a day. Every day until February 2nd. Or, no, that's not true. About like January 10th, and then it gets busy again closer to Valentine's Day, and then it starts dying down again for the spring and the summer. But from the season, this is what I call the season, this is what anyone in, in the restaurant industry that works near Midtown Manhattan calls season. Um, the season, these, these two months, or this month and a half rather, of just a shit show. A shit show. Like, the restaurant that I'm talking about does 1,100 covers a night on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Tuesday, and probably Monday. So I'm going to say five days out of the seven, it, uh, the restaurant does over 1,000 covers, if not all seven, which this year probably will happen because I just looked at Open Table for next week, and there's already five of them that are over 1,000. The rest of them are just right, right, right underneath it. So usually, Sunday, we get a break. Meaning, like, it's like, you know, we have a grueling Friday of, like, 1,100 covers. Saturday, 1,200 covers or 1,100 covers. And then Sunday is a significant drop to usually about four or 500. And that's a good, good break for all of us because, you know, three days of that shit is just is a lot for anyone. And that's because Monday starts the new week. A couple of people are off, a couple of people are not, whatever it is. But those three days is, is fucking rough, man. But in this restaurant, that doesn't happen because those three days are five days. So it starts on Tuesday and it ends on Saturday. And then, if you're lucky, you'll get a Sunday break. Monday, yes, granted, it usually is on the lower side. This Monday, a.k.a. already today, in a few hours, we have, I think, 600 on the books for the nighttime, which is middle of the week or beginning of the week. It, 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 it's, it's okay. It's right on par. But the Sunday that we just had was a little bit higher than normal Sundays because we had 700 on the books going in. Now, I'm imagining that all Sundays in the season are going to be that way because the next Sunday, meaning the one coming up, it already has 500, and we're not even close to it. We just, you know, we're a week away. So that's probably going to go up to about 1,000. So I'm pretty much just going to be doing 1,000 covers a day. Covers meaning people that eat at the restaurant. Just to give you a perspective of how much money that restaurant makes, every single day we could buy a house. We could put a down payment out at night on a nice house every day in the restaurant. That's how much revenue we make. It's not bottom line, but fuck you you know like I don't really know how many people are listening to this that whoever's ears this will get to could 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 like challenge my 
restaurant's numbers. And it's not my restaurant. It's the restaurant that I have the privilege of working at. And the, with the crew that I have a privilege of working with is what I'm about to get to and why I'm making this podcast or this episode to begin with. But not a lot of people could fucking stand toe-to-toe to that. And not because of, like, how much money they make, although that is obviously what I'm talking about. But it's about the integrity of the workers. It's about how much you can handle. Right? So Jean-Georges and Le Bernardin and the Schlemme de Fauquin, they have an army of sous chefs with tweezers that are putting together a, a tuna crudo. Okay, which is raw tuna, which is not even cooked. What do I mean by that? I mean, like, when a guest pays $700 a head for an 11-course meal of, like, 11 bites, essentially, and some booze, you don't have a budget in terms of the kitchen. Like, your budget is just buy whatever you want. I want langoustines from Mars, like the planet Mars. There's an ocean on planet Mars that has langoustines in it. I want that on my plate tomorrow. How much will that cost? $7 million. Send the fucking ship. I'll be, you know, be ready in two years when it comes back from Mars. Like... No budget. Like you can buy whatever the fuck you want. And the, the, you'll still make money because that's how much you charge for your thing. But that's the notoriety of the chef, Michelin star, yada, yada, ipso facto. What I'm talking about is straight, sheer grit and volume of good, high-priced food. I wouldn't call where I work fine dining, although most people do call it fine dining. I don't call it fine dining because it is a steakhouse. And I believe a steakhouse is its own category. Like, because there's only so much you should, not could, but you should do with steak. Good steak, you know, there's only so much you should do with it. You shouldn't put too much pizzazz on it because then you're going to lose the flavor of the steak. So that's why like, a steakhouse shouldn't really be called a fine dining restaurant because it's not. It's a separate, it's a separate category. There's shitty steakhouses, there's really good steakhouses, and there's amazing steakhouses. But at the end of the day, they're all steakhouses. Do we have a vegan dish? Of course we do for the idiots that actually go to the steakhouse to try to, you know? Oh, yeah, obviously. Is our fish better than Le Bernardin's fish? Of course not. I'm not, I would never say that it is. We try. The product is the same, but our capacity for cooking fish is not as high as Le Bernardin's because they have an army of tweezers with sous chefs attached to them that make, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So what I like to do is often compare the restaurant that we work to as a battlefield or some sort of a military operation, whether it be a submarine, a pirate ship, a tank, whatever, or just a platoon of people walking through the jungle. You know? a, lot of the, a lot of the rules are the same, you know, do what you're told, don't ask questions, and you know, at the end of the day, hopefully you'll survive. You know? There's just no guns, although there are hot and sharp things flying around all the time, and definitely insults and mocks and all this other stuff, except in the army, I don't think you can call HR, but... You know, like I said, it's not exactly like the military, but it's very, very similar rules. And in the military, what's valued more than, than technique and, and operations is the grit and the integrity of a person. What do I mean by that? I mean, like, if this guy that wants to be, you know, the new saute cook can cut a case of onions in perfect, you know, diamond shapes with his eyes closed yada 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 and he's asking for $45,000 an hour to work at this place I might not give it to him because that doesn't tell you tell me shit about you if you could cut all these onions that's great maybe you could be a prep cook but I would never just on that knowledge alone accept you to take a line cook position at the restaurant I work at because when we hire people the people that we end up end up staying are the people that we consider to be good, 
and the people that we consider to be good have not much to do with knife skills and and even sometimes even speed and efficiency because speed and efficiency could be taught i can teach someone to cut onions just like you hotshot because i'll take freddy over here and i'll tell freddy to come in tomorrow an hour early before his shift and he will because freddy has never called out i've worked here for 10 years on and off and i've never not once heard freddy call out nor has he ever been late by the way he's usually in early yeah so what he likes to come in early and get his shit done does he make more hours of course does anyone stop him no because he does his job and he's never called out is he the fastest person in the world? With some things he is, with other things he's not. But you know what? He's never called out. I'm seeing pattern form here. I'm sure you are too. Is that is that what merits somebody? That they never that their attendance record is perfect? Nope. But that's a big part of it. Because if I can't count on you, you're just as you're worse than the guy that can't cut onions. Because what good is a guy that could cut onions if he's not there to cut them? You know? So I'll tell Mr. Freddy to come in an hour early the next day. And then instead of him going to a station, I'm going to point him towards the back prep kitchen where there will be a, I don't know, a pallet of onions. Let's say five cases of onions. It's a lot of onions. It's about, about let's say 400 onions. Jumbo ones. And I'm going to tell him to cut those onions into perfect little julienne shapes. Or brunoise, even better. This fine dice. And every one of those squares better be exactly the same. I'll come over there with a fucking ruler that has a millimeter scale on it. And I'll start measuring his fucking things. And he's going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to look at him and say, you want to keep your job? And he's going to say, yeah. I'm like, you sure? And he'll be, he won't know what he did. He'll be scared. A little bit. Intimidated almost. But then he's like, why am I cutting onions? And I was like, I want you to cut all of these onions. I don't care how long it takes you. You're not going to leave this place. You're going to make your paycheck. You're going to make your hours. You're still going to go break with the guys and have fun when they're, you know, eating. But your job will be to cut these onions. And until you're done with these 600 onions, you can't stop. You can't. Or you can quit. And now the person that I would put to do that would cut all those onions. I would know that ahead of time before I even asked them to do that because I would gauge the person's character. So what would happen? Let's say the first day he's going to fucking, oh my God, it's annoying. He hates it. The second day he hates it. The third day an onion falls or the knife falls a specific way and he realizes something about this simple mundane task of cutting onions that revolutionizes it for him. Makes it completely different. Makes it, he figures something out that's something so small that all of us could have figured out had we have had to cut 400 onions. This is the third day. So now on the fourth day he's practicing this new technique that he's just picked up by accident. And now he's getting better at it. And now this technique that he just invented by himself, by doing this, is perfecting itself within him. So by the end of the week, that Freddy is now cutting onions better than you, Mr. $45,000 an hour man. So guess what you can do? Get the fuck out because you've called out three times in a month. It does technique is not what merits you at the restaurant. I could teach any, I could teach an artificial intelligence how to cut onions. You know what I mean? Helen Keller could cut onions. No, I'm not trying to make fun of anything, but I'm just trying to tell you, like, that could be taught. Working smarter can be taught. Coming in when you're sick and looking at the chef, and the chef asks you, are you all right? And you're saying, <clears throat> yeah, I'm good. You can't teach that. You can't teach somebody to be fucking awesome as a human being. 
You can't teach somebody integrity. Integrity is something that is learned when you're a child watching your parents or your heroes or whoever it is you watched. Whether they kick you when you're down, whether they lift you up when you're up, how they act and how they carry themselves is ultimately how you're going to carry yourself. And if you see them blow off a couple of things and not really give a shit about this and not really give value to this, you're going to start thinking that it's the same way. And when you call out 30 minutes before your shift because you're not feeling well and your head hurts, and I ask you, are you going to go to the ER or the doctor? And you're going to say, well, no, I don't have insurance. I'm not going to go to the ER or the doctor, but I don't feel well. You're not going to last a week. I'm going to hang up the phone on you and I'm going to forget your name. You could come on time for the rest of your life. And I'm never, that one bad deed, or that, that's not even a bad deed. That's just a, sh- a sign of a shitty character. That one sign of a shitty character is going to weigh on you for a long, long, long line of perfect attendance for you to climb out of that hole. But if you come in and you look like shit, but you're there and you're dressed and you're early because I asked you to be, and I look at you and I see that you look like shit. I'm not an idiot. I can see it. I know you're not hungover because I know you don't drink. And I'm like, are you sick? And you look at me and you say, no, I'm fine. Right there is the person that I would want to work with. Because I could, like I said, I could teach anyone to do anything. I could teach you how to fly a fucking jet plane if I had enough time. First, I'd have to learn it myself. But it's possible because there's humans out there doing it. It's not rocket science. Building them is rocket science. But we're not doing that. You can't teach integrity. You can't teach character. And you can to a child, you know, as they're growing up, but you can't teach character to someone that's over the age of 18. Because the way that they are is the way that they're going to be. Unless they go to boot camp in the army, which is they can psychologically break you down to become it. Which is why the restaurant is similar to military as well, because the restaurant will psychologically break you down before you gain this character. A lot of people go into the restaurant industry one way and then they work after a couple of years and they, they kind of transform into a different person. They understand what respect means. They understand how to be disciplined. They understand why people are yelling at some people and why other ones are not. They understand why one line cook could call me, hey, PJ Maricon, give me some fucking chickens. And I would say, yes, sir. And I would bow to him like a Japanese man. I will run into that fridge, run to that me. The executive sous chef will run into the fridge. I will grab the cherry chicken. I would marinate them and I would put them on the grill. And then the next day, when the same station, but a different person working it, is going to ask me for a sauce that he needs for his chicken, I'm going to tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> Meanwhile, the day before, I was cooking chicken, so, so what's the difference? And he, that's what I was asked. Why is it that when Mr. Villa needs you to cook chicken, you cook chicken for Mr. Villa? But when I need you to get a sauce, you don't get it for me. What do you need the sauce for? I needed to make the ají verde. You need to make the ají verde. You asked me to make the ají verde. Yes, but the guy in the back that you asked to make needs the ají verde. I mean, the, the, the sauce to make the ají verde. The ají amarillo. I'm like, well, how do you know that he needs this sauce? I was in the back talking to him and he told me. Oh. So you asked me to make a sauce for you. I asked the prep guy to do it. He says to you that he needs an ingredient for the sauce that you asked me to make for you. And you told me to get the ingredient for him. Go fuck yourself. That's twice. You want to go for a third? And so he did. Why does Mr. Villa blah, 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 blah. I said, I cooked chickens for Mr. Villa because you didn't do them the day before. Shut the fuck up and get back to work. 
And everyone kind of sighed. And everyone was like, oh, oh. Dimitri just uh, used his big boy voice. I think it was a, it was a salmon, no arugula. That's what it was. We have a bunch of shit that's garnished on our salmon. And I don't like to say shit when it comes to food, but grapes and olives just don't work, man. Come on. But <laughs> there's no arugula, but all the other stuff is there. So he's asking me over and over again what he wants on the salmon. So I said the words, everything except arugula. But I said it like with my big boy voice to where like the, the, the plates like shake a little bit, you know, where the kitchen just stops moving for like a split second after that. And people just try to realize what just happened. And then that plate with no arugula gets put up in front of you within milliseconds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the voice I used. And that got him a little bit annoyed. But that's what I'm trying to think. The point I'm trying to get at is Mr. Villa, I will do anything for in that restaurant. Because Mr. Villa will do anything for the restaurant. Because when Mr. Villa is asked to work a sixth day, he'll work a sixth day. When he's asked to work a seventh day of the week, He'll say that he can't work nighttime, but he'll be there in the morning. Mr. Villa has never called out once that I've been there. I have called out more than Mr. Villa has, and I've never called out. I've only had to not show up because I was in jail. Like, really hard to avoid that if you're already in the mix. All right? I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to say Mr. Villa has never done that. Never done that. I've never seen So when you're wondering why I do things for certain people and why I don't do them for you, it's because you don't have enough character and you don't have enough merit in my eyes for me to do that for you. Because if you call out three Saturdays in a row because your grandma's sick, without proof from a paper or a doctor or anyone, and it happens to be the busiest day of the week three times, I'm really not gonna give you that much merit because the guy that was fucking busting his ass working two stations covering you was there in the trenches with me. So what makes a person valuable in life in general, not the restaurant industry, not the military, in life, is the fact that you can count on them. You could count on them, and this is the thing though, it could be anything. If you can count on them to be there but fuck it up, like Dimitri always does because he tries to change stuff, then God damn it, you could count on that. If you could count on it, means you could use it. You could put that person into a situation where that person is needed. You could put that person in a situation where he has to work one station by himself. And you change the rules completely trying to fuck him up. Work sides all by yourself. You have 300 covers. Oh, really? Usually three people work this station, maybe four. You want me to do this by myself? Trying to fuck me over. All right, so since you're changing the rules, I'm also going to change the rules. And all of a sudden, Dimitri starts doing shit that no one's ever even thought of. Shit that completely makes no sense. And everyone's looking at him like, what the fuck is going on? And someone always tries to stop him. But then the person that makes the decision says, no, 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 hang on. I told him to work sides by himself. He said, okay. Uh, all I could do is watch because that's fair. It's not fair for me to tell him how to work sides because I just told him he has to do it by himself. Period. No, I mean, obviously don't microwave shit and throw stuff on the floor. But if you have to change a couple of rules, the rules are changed on you, my friend. So you're allowed to bend the rules, too. Because if not, then you can just walk off and go tell them to go fuck themselves. And nobody would, you know, that wouldn't be a valuable challenge, a valuable mission. A valuable mission is, yeah, work sides by yourself, and then they do. 
and the first couple of things happen and the new method that they're trying to invent completely breaks and collapses in front of them and everyone's laughing and even you're thinking oh fuck you know here he goes this was gonna i knew this was gonna happen and then magic happens something small falls into place just like the guy with the onions and that little thing that you had an idea of that you changed the rules because you're by yourself starts working and then success success small little bites of success until you realize how to hone that little something because now there's an asset in your life and you maximize on it and then the next thing you know you're in the middle of the busiest shift working sides by yourself and crushing it that's what happens to people with character when they get put under pressure that's the people that come in sick under the weather wear a mask and you ask them why you're wearing a mask and they cough to the side and they say excuse me and they say because I feel like being extra careful today that's when you see a person is clearly with a fever in fact you ask them to come in on the sixth day to work and he said I'm not feeling good tonight already let me text you tomorrow I say okay it's not her responsibility to come in text me do you need me I said yes I need you and he goes I'll see you later and then I promised the Madville, but I didn't fucking get it because it was so busy. So at the end of the night, where he's like barely standing, and I could see that he's sick, but he's there, and he didn't say a fucking word. He killed it, crushed it. He was complaining about the size guy being too slow. <laughs> and when he asked me for the Advil that I promised him, I put on my jacket, I get on my fucking unicycle, and I ride down the block, which is quicker than walking down the block. I actually rode to CVS because it would have been quicker than the line upstairs was shorter than the one at the deli with a billion people in front of it. And I buy a bottle of Advil and then I ride my unicycle into the back door of the restaurant, jump off of it, and before I could have my chef jacket buttoned, the Advil's in his hand. And I say, I'm sorry it took so long. Meanwhile, Mr. So-and-so that called out for his dishwashing position 30 minutes before that could bring all the doctor's notes he wants. I could tell him to go fuck himself. I'm not going to need you. I don't know who you are. I can't trust you. You have no merit. So just in case you guys are wondering how I gauge who I think is valuable and who's not, now you have a little bit more insight. And if you happen to know for a fact which side you're on, then you do. There is a way to change if you're on the side that you wouldn't want to be. You know what I mean? And you know how to do it. I just gave you all of the fucking rules. And it has everything to do with you being honorable about what you do. You signed up to be here. You wanted to do this. There's no reason why you shouldn't want to do more of this. Meaning you signed up for fish and I'm putting you on saute. There's no reason that you shouldn't want to learn saute. Learn saute, dickhead. You have the opportunity to do so. If you fuck up, it'll be my fault because I put you on there. I'm not going to let you drown. And if I do... That's how you should learn. Most people learn how to work a station when the guy doesn't show up and they have to work it by themselves. That's how greatness happens. That's how Mr. John Lennon could rock out of 300 night sides by himself, solo. To the point where I've worked in like more than a dozen restaurants and I had to move out of his way because I didn't know how to help him. I don't know how to work. I know what I'm doing, but I didn't know how to help him because this guy was a fucking tornado. Mr. Villa, the same way, besides by himself. It's insane. The 
people I work with are insane at what they do. And if you see somebody with, and the thing is, the character I'm explaining to all of you, they all possess, like they're all the same way. I had three people sick today at work. Three. Three of the best guys we have, they were all under the weather. And they were all there, they didn't even say a fucking word about how, how they, they were tired, if they, they were feeling well, if they were feeling poorly, it was nothing. They said, Chef, fire 34? I said, yes, that's it, that's all they said. I'll fucking die for these people, hell yeah. Fuck chickens, I'll cook, cook people for these people, you know? I'm sniffling, not because I'm crying, it's just because um, I did a lot of cocaine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't. Um, and I'm not crying though, okay? Shut up, don't ever fucking say that. But yeah, so that's that's basically what I have to say. The first day of the busy Sunday that we had, a couple of people were in the shits that shouldn't have been because of a couple of people that were in the shits because they should have been. And I apologize to both, but at least now we know who's who. And we'll also know who's gonna be who. Okay, boo-boo? Okay. And Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you.